0: It's on my heart today to share about the value of hope and how important it is as a believer that follows Christ that we we live in the hope of Jesus in our future, in our world. It's very easy to go to church and to serve God and to rely on the world's version of hope and the world's strength and the world's version of success until it runs out. And it does run out. But when we we rely on God's hope, on hope that's in Christ, that never runs out. And in this life, we're all going to face different things. Now, I'm coming out of a, a history of learning about faith, which was very positive, very strong, to walk in faith, to believe God for everything, to never give up, to never change. In fact, one of the rules of faith is you never accept the lesser version. You always accept God's version of His plan. And we know that Jesus has already paid the price for healing, for deliverance, for our provision, that all that's already been paid for. So as heirs of the children of God, we can receive His help in all the areas that we face. But the negative part that I got in my past was thinking that if I faced a problem, it was because I didn't have faith. And there is an element of truth in that, that faith is the answer through every problem. But because of my negative thinking, whenever I faced a hard time, to me it reflected that I was failing God, I was failing in faith. And so I began to have to rethink the way I believed when life started to smack me around and the world, I started to face some of the things in the world, because my foundation wasn't quite correct. Because I had believed that if I had a hard time in life, if I faced something difficult, a lack of finances, a lack of things, it was because I was failing in faith. My wrong assumption was that if you have faith, you have no battles. And that's not a fair assumption from Scripture. And I'm pretty sure I came up with that version myself. I'm not blaming anyone but myself for that. But the truth is, faith is not the absence of battles. I want us to understand that because the moment we understand that, we are not afraid of battles. And one of the things that wrong thinking can do for you when you face battles is turn you inwardly to think that you are failing, you might as well give up. And many times the enemy will throw battles your way just to discourage you, to get you to stop going the way that God wants you to go. And so. I have reframed the way I think about battles now, I'm no longer afraid of facing battles, I look forward to the challenge of overcoming every battle that comes. And we're in a fallen world, so we know that, not just the devil throwing stuff at you, not just even your own mistakes, but really, you know, we don't blame God for anything bad ever, because it's never him, he's always good. But just life itself, living in a fallen world, there's all kinds of horrific things that happen and it's no one's fault. And I want to be clear that if you're going through a battle, really you got to get out of thinking, it's my fault that I'm failing, and start thinking, I have the courage and the strength from God to overcome everything. One of the enemy's greatest tactics is to bring such warfare against God's believers who are following God, to bring discouragement to you to say, it's not working, it's you're failing, what you're doing isn't working, Go fix it yourself. Quit trusting God. And that's the hope I want to stir up in you today. To not quit trusting God. To not quit following God. To double down on pressing in to the things of God. And if I've learned anything in my life through the battles I've been through, is that the most important thing for me to do is not to fix it. Say, God, I'm tired of you leading me and and bringing me to hardships. I am going to fix it myself. I'm going to live life the way I think I should get, but to double down on the things that I know bring faith forward in me, bring the courage up and the strength up, to not run from my battles, but to walk through them. The promises of God are not to say, if you follow me, I'm going to give you a bed of roses, and this life will be wonderful. In fact, it's the opposite. It's that you're going to face hard times. The enemy is going to come against you. The world will turn on you. Even your closest friends can turn on you, but you must keep following God. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right, but keep forward. God's plan for us is to go through our battles, not to always bring us around battles. And many of us in our past, in our confession of faith or our belief of faith, we thought, I'm just going to believe God that I won't have to go through hard times. And we think that a walk with Christianity is one that brings great peace on this world. And in this life. But really, God's thinking about eternity with you, and He wants to put you to work in this life to make a difference. And the moment you start making a difference with God, you'll get the enemy's attention, and He will not make it easy for you to follow God. So let's start one of our verses today in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. It's a verse that I hold on to and think about often. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. So hope deferred makes the heart sick. And the reason I think about this verse is because when I become, I find myself feeling discouraged. I don't allow that discouragement to fester because it will fester. Discouragement is a voice of its own that festers when you don't have the answer that you know you should have by faith. And so that discouragement can come in and begin to speak to you how you're failing Why even try? Why not give up? Why don't you quit? And so I want today to put a fire under us to say, let's double down on God. Let's be encouraged to keep pressing into God. Yes, there's unanswered prayer. Yes, there's things that aren't finished yet in our lives, but we refuse to look outward to fix it. God is our answer. And so hope deferred, means that I'm waiting for an answer It hasn't come yet. Now, all of us have areas in our life that we're waiting for an answer. We're waiting for a promise of God that hasn't come yet. And it's important that we don't get discouraged, because the moment we let discouragement fester, that moment we begin to lose faith and lose hope. And when you lose hope, you become hopeless. And it's that hope that's keeping you moving forward and marching forward every day, the hope for victory, the hope for the win, the hope for success. The hope for the promises of God, the prophecies that God gave you to come to pass. The hope that God loves you, the hope that He won't give up on you, the hope that He has wonderful things in store for you, the things, the plans He has for you. The moment we lose hope that God believes in me, that God has a path of victory for me, the moment we give that hope up and it becomes deferred, our heart gets sick and we begin to get bitter and we begin to quit believing and walking in faith. Faith is not the absence of a battle. Faith is what we hold on to to walk through every battle we face. And so we can either, when we face our battles, which come just from life, not not even from the devil, but there's enough battles in life. But when we face those battles, there's a hope that says, I won't quit. I won't give up. It's what gets you up in the morning to keep praying. And even when you last night decide, I give up, I quit. This morning you wake up you say, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to make it. There's, there's a hope in you that comes from God. And it's important because if you live for God and you lay your life for the gospel and you pour into His will, you're going to need to have His strength. I think about people who try to do the will of God in their own strength. And they they develop the strength from their natural man, their natural ability. And they serve God in their natural ability. And they can lift and do things and handle things. But when the devil comes to attack them, he's unfair, he's vicious, and he's dirty. And so there's people in the natural that you may look up to in the natural world who are successful, but they're lifting it in their own strength. And so a man can maybe lift, a strong man can maybe lift 800 pounds and hold it strong, Yeah, a very strong man. But can he hold 10,000 pounds? And, and the point of hope in God is that our hope comes in God's answer, not in man's answer. And how are we ever going to walk in the impossible, in the promises of God of raising the dead and, and casting out devils? and seeing blind eyes open, and deaf ears open, and the cripple walking. How are we ever going to see that for others, including ourselves, if we don't draw our strength, and we don't know how to draw our courage, and our hope, and our faith from Christ, but we've learned how to draw from our own natural world, because the devil is a professional at taking those who are strong in the natural, and wearing them down to where they're no longer strong, and they're destroyed. But the walk with God is one where our strength comes from Him. He's our strength. And the devil may not be afraid of you, but he's afraid of God. The devil may not be may be able to manhandle you around, but he can't manhandle God. And that's why we put on the armor of God. We put on the armor of God because God doesn't want us using our own armor. He wants us using his armor. When the devil squares up against you and he looks at you and he sees the, the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and, and the breastplate of righteousness, this is God's armor. We look at that and he thinks... Is that God in that armor, or is that Alan in that armor? If it's Alan, I'm going to pick a fight with him, but I'm too afraid to go look in and see who it is. So that's why we believe in the armor of God and walk in the things of God. But our strength, too many believers are serving God in their own strength and offering God things. But the walk of the Spirit is a yielding over your entire life over to Him, where even He's your strength, where you don't look within yourself for strength. You learn how to pull it from God into your life in every circumstance. And so for encouragement's sake, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians. And my heart today is to encourage us to say, let's not give up. Let's double down on the things of God. When the devil looks at you and says, I got you to give up. You're ready to give up. You're right on the edge. And he's pushing hard to get you to quit pressing into God, to quit trusting God, to quit believing, and just accept your condition. Just accept your... Your situation, you cause it yourself anyway, You're, you lack in faith, just accept it or go fix it, quit trusting God. That's when your heart begins to be hurt and discouraged and hope is deferred. I want to talk us in to say, no, bless God, devil, I'm going to rise up strong because I'm strong in Christ. He's my strength, not me. You can't make me quit. You can try to beat me up, but I will not quit. And that needs to be the heart of us as we go through difficult times. I won't quit. I won't quit. I won't quit. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Here the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, And understand that there's been a, a group of preachers who came in called Judaizers, who had turned the church really to disrespect Paul, to dishonor Paul, to not trust Paul and they used his battles, his uh, warfare that's been against him, as proof from their point that, see, God's not blessing Paul. God's hand isn't on Paul because look at all the, the mess that he's in. Look at the battles he, he's in. So God's obviously has not have his hand on him, which brings me back to the thinking that I had, that, hey, if, if I'm in God's will and, and I'm following God and I'm a man of faith, I should have victory over every area. I should have the biggest house, the nicest car, the most perfect family. Health should be excellent. Everything should be running smooth because God's blessing is on me. And to think that is nice until things don't go quite right, then you start to think, I must be failing. I must be doing something wrong. And we're going to learn from the Apostle Paul that sometimes the reason you're going through warfare is not because you did something wrong or because you opened the door for the devil but because you're doing everything right. And the devil's trying to discourage you and stop you from moving forward. And that's why we have to double down and say, I don't care what comes my way. I don't care what evidence comes against God. I refuse to stop believing God. I refuse to change course. Sometimes we have to preach that to ourselves. Sometimes we need to open the Bible, preach it to the devil. Sometimes we need to preach it to our friends and family. I won't give up. I'm not going to give up on God. God's promises are true. His word is truth. Everything else is a lie. I don't care what evidence you have to say God's not true. His word's not true. It's a lie. It's not truth. The truth is the word of God and the promises of God. So these Judaizers were getting and turning the church against Paul and devaluing him as an apostle and saying things like, look at his physical appearance. He's beat up. Look at his finances. He doesn't have a lot of finances. God's hand isn't on him. You need to quit listening to him and listen to us. So Paul in Second Corinthians really is the defense of the sufferings that come from Christ. Now, I want to make a point here. When we talk about sufferings, I do believe the devil can bring sickness and disease and attack us with those things. I don't believe we have to accept any of that. And so when Paul talks about sufferings, There's no mention of disease or sickness. We're not getting into that today as much as we're getting into understanding that it's okay to go through the emotional warfare of trying to give up, but we don't give up. And you're not failing just because you feel like a failure. You're not failing because you're discouraged. You're not failing because your heart is getting disheartened. But that should be a cautious sign to say, I need to re-encourage myself every day in the Word of God. I need to re-encourage myself in the promises of God to keep marching forward. Because the devil's biggest attack against us is not just to squish us out, but to discourage us enough that we change course. If he can't get you to quit following God, then you're going to challenge his territory. You're shaking up his territory. I had a man that used to own a uh, construction company up in Canada. Very successful construction company. And every winter, you know, the snow would come in all through the winter. And, and so there was a small business opportunity to get a plow and to put a plow in front of your truck and then to plow the parking lots of businesses. And this man who owned this huge company would lose money every year because he would hire his guys to go and plow all the businesses in the city and take the money, but it wasn't enough, he would lose money in it. And someone asked him one day, why do you do that? You lose money, why don't you just let other people do it? And his answer was, you know, when I started my business, I had no money. I had one truck, one dump truck, and one plow. And so I started my business by going to these businesses and taking their money to get rid of the snow on their driveway through the winter on their parking lots. And I made enough money to buy a second truck and a second plow. And then I hired a guy. And then I made enough money to do a third truck. And eventually, through that low area of finances, of plowing the parking lots of businesses, I made enough money to really create my whole company. So what I'm doing by losing money every year in plowing the businesses is I'm stopping the startup guys, the guys who are going to build their business on that, I'm snuffing them out before they even have a chance to start, so then I won't have to compete with them when they build a bigger business. It's very shrewd. And that's how the devil thinks about you. You may think, I'm nothing wise, even interested in me, but God, see, God's interested in you. God has a future for you. He has a plan for you. And the devil noticed that God sees that in you, and so he comes to try to snuff you out, discourage you, get you to change course before you ever can cause him trouble. So you are a troublemaker for the devil. He's afraid of you. He's afraid of you growing in all the things that God has for you. So don't think that you are undeserving of battle because you are deserving of battle in the devil's eyes, which means also that you're deserving of victory in God's eyes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, here's Apostle Paul. Uh, we'll start in verse 3. We'll just go back in here. He is making a defense in in a very loving way that... He is a man of God, that he loves God, and he's serving God. He is a true apostle. And later on, we see him call these other guys as false apostles, apostles of the devil, he calls them. Those apostles of the devil were coming shrouded as apostles of God. They didn't care about the people. They didn't care about the people's success, their personally. They only care about them following them. And they didn't love the people. Paul loved the people. So let's read some of this and get some points from Paul. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Now, if you're underlining, that's where I would underline. He's a God of all comfort. He doesn't just watch us from a distance and say, go and and fight it out, lick your wounds. He's a God of comfort as well. That means that he comes within the battles, God's not surprised by our battles. I want you to really understand this with me. The absence of a battle is not faith. Because I used to think that faith, if I had faith, I wouldn't have a fight. That I live above all the fights, and I had all the verses, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, the enemy's under my feet, I'm above and not below, I'm the head, not the tail. But then when I found myself fighting in a fight, with resistance when i'm following god Hey god i'm just what's going on i'm just being nice i'm telling people that god loves them i'm telling the people that god wants to heal them and all of a sudden i got all this warfare coming against me both in the natural and the spiritual what's wrong i must lack faith faith is not the absence of a battle faith is what we use to walk through every battle and if we're not careful we'll begin to resent the battles and become discouraged in just the battle uh, the onslaught of the enemy. And that's his plan. To discourage you. To get you to change course. To quit before God can finish what he's doing in you. And what a shame to quit right before you have victory. Because victory is promised by God. So he's the God of all comfort. Verse 4. Who comforts us in all our tribulation. So now here's a Paul, the Apostle Paul confessing that he has tribulation. And that in his tribulation... Look at what he's saying. In our tribulation, I turn to God of comfort to give me the strength to walk through the tribulations. Verse 4, who comforts us in all our tribulations, those who are in any trouble with the comfort from which we ourselves are comforted by God. This is a beautiful verse, especially when you're going through hard times. To remember, you have a Father who's standing there with you. And he's walking with you through the tribulation. He's not the one causing the tribulation. But for him to just say, I just want you to sit and be happy, then the devil will leave you alone. If God answered our prayer, God, please make the devil leave me alone, God would have to leave us alone. But God has something amazing and great for your future, and it's going to require you toughening up and walking through it. Because the enemy won't stop, but we rise up in faith and rise up in courage, and rise up in strength from God, that there is a place we can live above all the enemy's attacks. But just because you're going through a battle doesn't mean you're failing. And here's the Apostle Paul saying, we've been in tribulations, and I turn to God of comfort. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. So here he is again saying, the sufferings of Christ abound in us. This is not a good faith verse. Say, God wants you blessed. God wants you to have abundance God wants you happy all the time. And and here's the Apostle Paul saying, For the sufferings of Christ abound in us. Imagine Apostle Paul coming to you and saying, Hey, follow me as I follow Christ. And he talks about him going to prisons and the sufferings he went through. Well, you must not have faith, Paul. God's hand of blessing isn't on you, Paul, because if you were in God's will, you'd be happy and successful. We want, every one of us wants to be happy and successful. But we're on a mission for God to change this world and the enemy doesn't like it. You've been targeted by the enemy. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Verse 6. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective and enduring the same suffering which we also suffered. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. So Paul here is again saying, I've been through some battles. Yes, it hasn't been pretty. Yes, I've been through hard times. Yes, and from the outside you might say, well, God must be judging him or God he must have stepped out of the will of God. But Paul says, don't look at my battles as the sign. Look at the comfort that came through me, in me, from God to help me get through these battles and then not to change course. That's the comfort, that's the strength I want you to see. I want you to see not the warfare and use that to judge me. I want you to see the strength that comes up in me because Paul's strength, we'll see later on, his strength to endure, his strength to walk through all the enemy's warfare, all the battles the enemy brought against him, didn't come from his own strength. I know people personally who should be generals in the army because they're very strong personality They look forward to conflict. They look forward to battles. They're warriors in the natural. These are guys who like to fight, like to argue. But the devil will out-argue them, out-fight them, and will bring their own natural strength down to a nub and will completely devour them. God's strength is the only place, God's comfort is the only place that you're going to find enough strength to walk through all the enemy has for you. So you might as well learn it now. This is a great opportunity. When you're going through a hard time, it's not the opportunity to give up. It's the opportunity to appreciate how much you need Jesus. God, thank you that I need you because I know you won't reject me. Thank you that you're my strength because you're much stronger than I ever could be. Thank you that you're my comforter, that having a million dollars and and everything else wouldn't comfort me. I need your comfort. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective in enduring the same suffering, which we also suffer. For if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you are partakers of the consolation. Verse 8. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. So now he says, "Trouble. I had trouble. I had sufferings." This is some of the preaching is lost in our generation. This needs to be preached that in following God, you have to know how to follow God inside of warfare, through warfare, and to get your strength from Him, your courage from Him, to stay steadfast on the path that God puts you on. And you notice when I'm talking about strength and everything i'm referring to us as if we are already pressing into god we're already seeking god's will in our life and you know some people may want to be comforted in the sense of i don't want to change i don't want to grow just tell me god loves me well i'll tell you god loves you but i want to also tell you god has a plan for you and he wants your whole life he doesn't want to just give you comfort in this life he wants to put you to work To change this world for him. And then he'll provide comfort for every battle you go through. So I'm assuming that you and I are both on the path of seeking God's will for our life. And on this path of seeking God's will, we've hit hard times. And in hitting hard times, we should be encouraged that we can now draw strength from God. It, It exposes our natural weaknesses. Hard times exposes our inability to overcome things. And that's not a bad thing because it pushes us to rely on God as our comfort, our strength, the one who directs our steps and leads our steps. It's during these hard times that we can really turn to God and honestly say, I need you. And when you find him, be there for you and be a strength to you and to encourage you and to give you the answers. Then you find out the devil can never stop you. He can try, but he can't. Verse 8, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, Of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even to life. Now, as I read this verse in verse 8, let's read it again, and I want you to analyze with me and look at the emotions that Paul is explaining that he went through on his mission to follow God, where God sent him on that mission. Verse 8 For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia. That we were burdened beyond measure. Have you ever felt burdened beyond measure where you just said, God, I can't take it anymore. I can't hold it anymore. I can't make it anymore. This is too much. This is too much. God, this is too much. God, is too much. That's a cry for a lot of people. And here Paul saying, I had that cry. Burden beyond measure, above strength. That's the, That's the emotion where I've got nothing left in me. I've tried everything. I've done my best. I give up beyond strength. I have no more strength. There's been sometimes in in my personal battles where I've gone to bed at night and said, I don't know, I, I don't think I have enough strength, God, to make it. You know. Thank God that it's in me not to give up because I wake up in the morning and say, I'm, I can do this. It's amazing when you go through hard times how one day you can feel like the whole world's over and you're a total useless mess, And then a few days later, you're ready to take on the world. I'm not going to quit. And remember that when you're going through an emotional hard time. Hey, this is just a moment. This is just a blip. This is not reality. The truth is I am strong. I'm strong in Christ. The truth is I am victorious. The truth is I'm loved and I have courage and strength. I am a a bold person of God and the devil's afraid of me. That's the truth. You may not feel like it. And Paul's saying he's had moments where he didn't feel like I had strength. The things that I was on me was above measure. I didn't have the strength. And then he says, so that we even despaired even of life, that he was so desperate in those moments that they thought they were going to die. This is the Apostle Paul, as he served God, talking about his experience of emotions of hopelessness. Yes, we had the sentence Of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So, in the argument against Paul, these Judaizer preachers were using his battles to discredit him. And you may experience that yourself, where you will discredit yourself for your battles. And Paul is trying to bring up his battles as proof. Not to look at the battles, but look at the strength, the comfort, the courage that he was able to get from God to walk through all of his battles. So he is amplifying and displaying God's grace, his strength, God's comfort as the sign that he is an apostle. And not letting anyone use his battles as the opportunity to discredit him as a man of God. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raised the dead. And that's huge. And that's him saying, we despaired even to life, but we knew that if we died, God would raise us up, because he can even raise the dead. Can you imagine being right there to where you have to say, God, if they kill me, they kill me, but I'm not changing course. We're such wimps in our generation of hard times. Here's Paul talking about looking at a, you know, the firing squad, or I don't think they had guns back then, but looking at the being beheaded and being stoned and all the things he went through and saying, well, it looks like we're going to die, boys. You know, but don't worry, because even if they kill us, God will raise us up, because we're going to finish our mission. <laughs> Imagine following Paul. Like, Let's go, guys. Paul, they they got big swords, and they're going to kill us. Ah, if they kill us, he'll raise us up. Come on, let's go. we got a mission to do. we got to follow God. We're such wimps nowadays, for sure. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. So in this little sentence here, he's saying we got delivered and he's going to have to deliver us again. So he's not living a life of denial saying, I made it through one battle. Now I'm all done, God. I'm finished. I just, I survived it. I did what you said, and uh, I barely made it, but I made it. Now I need a vacation. Let me have four years of happiness because I just need a break. And here he's saying, and does deliver us in whom we trust, and he will still deliver us. That I'm walking with God, and I'm pretty sure more hard times are coming, but I'm not going to give up. Here's a man who looked at hard times, warfare, and said, I'm going to make it. I don't look at hard times as defeat, discouragement, I look at them as opportunities to face and overcome and to watch God's victory in everything. When you're in the middle of a war, a battle, and your emotions are screaming at you, I'm going to ask you just to step outside of yourself for a moment, outside of those natural emotions. Peek your head out and look around, and you'll see that God's working in a thousand areas to help you get through that time. And He's working right now to help you get through every battle. It doesn't matter if it's because you're serving God It doesn't matter because you made a mistake. It doesn't matter because of life. Whatever is causing the hardship, God has a plan for us to walk through it. And in it, he wants to be a comforter to us. And he wants to be a strength to us. In it, he wants us to learn how to rely on him. Because ultimately, the weapons the enemy forms against us that will not prosper. He's still going to form those weapons and try them, but they will not prosper. The only way a weapon prospers is if it makes you quit then it prospered. But if it makes you not quit and you still walk through it, it didn't prosper. He's still going to try weapons on you. Verse 10, Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us. Sorry, verse 9. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Now we're going to go over to chapter 12. So the goal today is to just bring encouragement that don't give up. We don't give up. That's your motto. I don't give up. I don't care what comes against me. I don't care how ugly it looks, whether I make mistakes or not. One thing I'll never do is give up on following God. If it doesn't look pretty, that's the way it is. But I won't give up. The devil cannot make me give up. You can't make me give up. Finances can't make me give up. Nothing can make me give up on following the will of God. So Apostle Paul now talks about, in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 12, he's trying to, and we're going to just cover this briefly, but he's trying to give them the reasoning behind his attack. This is the reason why I've been under attack. Not because, like those false apostles are saying, because I've failed God, or God's hand is lifted from me, or I've God's given up on me, or because I'm a failure in life, or because I'm a charlatan. He's saying the reason I've been under such attack in my life as I follow God is, and we can read chapter 12, verse 7, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. So he says, because I have such an abundance of revelation, the Holy Ghost had taught him, that the revelations were exposing truth into the world, into the kingdom. The enemy had tried to stop him, to stop the revelation. So he said, it's not even me, it's the revelation that's in me that the devil's trying to stop. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, A thorn in the flesh was given to me. You'll hear lots of different opinions about it. And everyone has a right to their opinion. But we want to look closely at what he says so we can understand what to expect. Many preachers in the past generations have used these words to say, See, God put a thorn on Paul so he wouldn't get the big head. And then they decide what the thorn is. It's sickness, it's disease, all those things. God has nothing to do with your battle. Now, he is a fault in the sense that he's led you down a path that the only way for you to follow that path is to go through a battle. But that doesn't mean that he has put the battle on you. Any battle is because of the devil, because of this life. It's not because of God. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. And then he tells you where that thorn in the flesh came from. Okay. And if you think about a thorn in the flesh, that's imagery. He says that word, that line, because it helps you to understand when you are out doing something and you get a thorn in your flesh, either a cactus or something stuck in your flesh, even a sliver from wood, it's irritating you. It's always bothering you. It's always, you can't do things as easily as you could without the thorn. And here the Apostle Paul is saying, that's exactly what my life is like in following God. I have this constant thorn that's battling me and bugging me and resisting, making it hard for me just to have the best life I could have. And he says, a messenger, verse 7, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. So he tells you there, right there, very clearly, that thorn in the flesh, that little prick in the the thumb, that, that little stick from the cactus is in me, is bothering me, is harassing me. And where it came from, he says, the messenger of Satan was sent. Satan is the originator of the thorn in his flesh, not God. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So the, the Satan has sent a messenger, assigned a specific demon to come and harass Paul. Everywhere he went, he got into trouble. Let's go back to chapter 11 and briefly go over some of the trouble he has as he was following God. Oh, verse 22. So he talks about these Judaizers. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. Then he talks about his life as serving God. Comparative even to these other apostles, false apostles, who are trying to get the church to quit listening to Paul's message. For them to get the church to listen to them, they had to get the church to disconnect from the Apostle Paul. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundantly. In stripes above measures. So this is his life. In labors, abundantly. He works hard to serve God. In stripes above measures. That means he's been whipped more times than I can count. They arrested me. They whipped me. Trying to stop me from following God in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. This is his gospel life. I'm serving God, I'm facing death, I'm, I'm being whipped, I'm being imprisoned. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Five times he received the whipping. Amazing. Three times I was beaten with rods. This is where they take you and they kneel you down and expose the bottom of your feet. And they take a rod and they bash your feet and break every bone in your feet. So you quit walking, and for his case, quit preaching the gospel. They tried, man tried, the devil tried every which way to stop Paul from preaching the gospel, from following God. And this is his discouragement. He says, in deaths often from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was bitten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in toil, in sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness, besides other things, which come upon me daily, the deep concern for all those in the church. Who is weak? He says, And I'm not weak. Who's made to stumble? And I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I'll boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed me forever, knows that I'm not lying. He's describing his life as he's followed God. And it's not a life of great big finances and big houses. It's a life of turmoil and attack. And he tells us then in verse 7 of chapter 2 that the originator of this attack is this messenger that was sent by Satan. A professional thorn in the flesh. A demon who is trained to cause trouble. Paul says, I, I went to go preach in this city, and they already were rioting against me when I got there. How did that happen? Well, the enemy came and stirred up trouble before he even got there. Do you ever have someone get mad at you and you don't know why? Well, the enemy can cause trouble. He can stir up strife and do all kinds of things. Paul says that this messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me, a thorn in my flesh. And it was sent to discourage me so much that I quit following God. Because when I follow God, all I'm doing is trying to be nice, tell people Jesus loves them, and preach a good gospel of love. And all this hell is breaking against me. All this battle and warfare and struggling. They took his feet three times and smashed every bone in his feet. That meant he had to get up and believe God for his healing to keep marching forward. Most of us, one beaten's all it takes, and we, we whimper back into a different gospel, an easier gospel. God, I'm just going to be a nice person, and I'll go to heaven. God has a plan for you to change the world. And to be able to do that, we have to know how to go through warfare and not be wimps, to find our courage in God. Listen, whatever you're going through, whatever battle you're going through, whatever discouragement you're going through, the beauty of it is in the midst of discouragement, you learn to quit looking at yourself. You learn to quit looking at all the answers that you used to be able to find because they've all been out. You've been outdone by the devil in every area, but the devil hasn't outdone God. God has an answer that the devil can't stop. So when we go through hard times, we need to double down on God. You're all I have. You're it, God. You're it. If if you don't help me, I'm going to die. I'm going to fail in this life. I only have you, and that's a. It can be desperation that gets us there. It could be just out of willingness, but however we get there, that's the place that we need to get to be able to finish our walk with God, to finish the victory that God has already laid out before us. Concerning this thing, this warfare, this Satan, messenger of Satan, this thorn in my flesh, Paul says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it may depart from me. So listen to this. Paul is confessing to us that in the midst of all these battles, I ask God, take it away. Now, God didn't send the thorn in the flesh. So, by Paul asking God to take the fight away, God, please, I'm wore out. I'm, I'm, I have no strength left. I'm overburdened. I give up. I, I Please, stop it. How can we stop this battle against me? That prayer to God meant, in context, God, can you stop the enemy from attacking me? Please, I don't want to go through the attacks. And God's answer to Paul was, Verse 8, Concerning the things I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So, the way, only way God could answer that prayer, if Paul said, Please, this messenger of Satan is attacking me everywhere I go, Places I've never been already hate me. Uh, They're stoning me. They're picketing against me. They're rioting against me. I've been shipwrecked. I've been imprisoned. I've been whipped. My feet have been broken. Here's a man that had been abused and accused and attacked. God, can you please stop it? Stop the attacks. Can I just have a vacation, please? And the answer of the Lord was, my grace is sufficient. Why? Because in God's to answer that prayer for Paul meant, it would be, Paul, this would be the conversation, Paul, for us to stop this warfare means you have to stop following me on my plan that I have laid out for you to change the world. Because the reason the enemy's come to stop you is because you have so much of me in you, so much of truth in you, and the enemy is trying to discredit you and to discourage you enough to stop you. So the only way I can... Stop the fight is to have you stop following me. And I refuse to let you stop following me. But don't worry. My grace is sufficient for you to come through every attack the enemy assigns against you. Every battle the enemy assigns against you. doesn't matter what it is. My grace is sufficient to give you comfort and strength and courage to walk through it. And that's the message I have for us today is when we're discouraged and we're feeling disheartened, that's the time to not give up. That's the time to not whine. Please, God, take it away, to not look at ourselves as failures, but to turn to God. Say, God, you're my strength. You're my courage. You're my hope. You're all that I have, but I know that's all that I need. Here's Paul. And he said to me, verse 9, read verse 8, Concerning the things I pleaded with the Lord three times, that I might depart from you, And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, most gladly, I'd rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, and needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. There's an answer for us. The man of God says, in all that the enemy is throwing against me, in all the discouragement, the emotions of giving up, the emotions of being disheartened, the emotions of being without strength, and feeling like I'm despairing even to life, in all those moments and emotions, I found that because it forced me to go into God, that I'm stronger now than ever because I have His strength to overcome. And because I'm weak, I'm no longer looking at myself to fix it. Then the devil can't stop me. Because he can't stop God, but he can stop me. But if I remove me as an issue, I'm not looking at strength within myself. I am looking to God as my strength. And that's the answer for us today. To keep our hope and our eyes on God. And as we go through battles and discouragement and warfare, I'm not here today to try to tickle your ear and say, oh, we're going to serve God. It's all going to be peachy and pleasing and happy and butterflies and and wonderful days of glorious finances and glorious easy things. And praise God you found God because life on earth is going to be great. I'm here to tell you that if you're going to follow God, you're going to get the devil's attention. But don't worry because God's grace is sufficient. His strength is in you. All we have to do is learn to rely on it. So if you're feeling hopeless and discouraged today, let's double down. Let's get our grit. Let's get our strength, our determination set, our mindset, our eyes set forward. Not turn to the left, not turn to the right. Get your Bible out. Preach at the devil. Preach at yourself. Preach at your family, your friends. Say, His word is true. Everything else is a lie. God is all I need. He's my strength. He's my hope no matter what the battle is. It doesn't matter if the devil brought it. It doesn't matter if life brought it or even your own mistakes brought you into circumstances. The truth is, God is your answer for all those things. So today, let's pray as we close and let's turn to God as our strength and our hope. Let's double down and say, I will not give up. God's word is true. Everything else is a lie. Father, we thank you that you are our strength. You are our courage. And in moments of discouragement, we will not let our hope get so devoured by discouragement that our heart becomes sick. Our hope is in you, God, and we are strong in you. We are conquerors in you. We're more than conquerors through Christ. You are our strength. You're our hope. Your grace is sufficient. I can survive and walk through and win every battle, no matter how hard it looks, no matter how desperate it looks. I refuse to accept that lie. Because the Word of God says, I have you, and you are my strength. And who's stronger than God? Who dares tries to bully God around? The devil doesn't. I rely on your strength, Father. So today we declare, you're all that we have. You're our only answer. You're our comfort in hard times. You're our strength when we're weak. And because of that, we won't change course. We will finish our walk with you And we're going to cause the devil trouble and we're going to change this world for good in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your strength on us right now. Your anointing of grace upon us now to be our strength. Right now, we receive your courage, your strength. We don't look to ourselves, God. We look to you. If I don't have your strength, I'm not going to make it. If I don't have your courage in me, I'm not going to make it. I rely on your word and your strength. And Father, I promise you, above all things, I love you. I don't blame you for any trouble. You're my answer, not my problem. And Father, you're my strength. I give you my promise. I will not give up. Your word is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Be encouraged. You are strong. You are courageous. And that's why you and I, we don't look to the left or the right. We stay forward and we trust God that we have already have the victory. And we will not blame God and we will not blame ourselves. We will not look at ourselves as failures. We don't have faith. We're in the midst of a battle. And we've already won if we don't quit. So our answer is, I won't quit. God bless you. Thank you for taking time with me again. And uh, I appreciate you.